ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. It is Nosebleeds, the baseball podcast here for WFUV Sports. It's another week to talk about a lot of baseball. We're getting here down the line. Happy Labor Day, Memorial Day, whichever one is in September. Happy, happy that holiday. We are currently recording that on the Monday afternoon. We're off from school, and the Yankees and Mets are both playing this afternoon, so we'll give you a lowdown on that soon. But we're so thankful that you've joined us once again. My name is Dylan Balsamo, along with my friends Andrew Galata and Tyler Hu. How is it going, Andrew? It's doing great. I'm doing great. You know, first of all, you got the Mets right now. You know, I got them on in the background, tie game, and they're playing great. And the, the last time I was on this show, I believe it was right after the All-Star break. It was kind of where the Mets were kind of teetering, and then they just fell off the cliff, as we all know. And I, I didn't get a chance to say it on this podcast or on one-on-one or anything, but I was like, I'm sticking with them until Labor Day. And I, I've actually, as you were saying, Memorial Day, Labor Day, I've made that mistake. I was like, I'm sticking with them until Memorial Day. I said that like a billion <laughs> times, but obviously uh, I meant Labor Day. And for, for this team, I knew that after this 13-game stretch with the NL, NL West teams, they were going to get 15 games against the worst teams in the NL East. And believe it or not, the team came through and they're playing really good baseball. And, you know, if they can pull another one out here today, four or five against the Nationals, you're sitting either three and a half, two and a half, you're really right there. And I'm just extremely happy that this team's in it. Um, you know, scoreboard watching, I mean, which is always a good thing to do in September as a Mets fan. And uh, for the Yankees, I mean, I feel like this team, we know I think wildcard's definitely into it. They kind of teetered out of that uh, AL East race, but definitely still a lot of talk about with them too. So much to talk about. Tyler, how's it? I've been better. I mean, last time I was on the show, the Yankees were nine uh, on their nine through their 13th game winning streak. And now, you know, the Yankees just lost the series to the lowly Orioles. It could be better. But you know what? I'm really glad to be here with you guys. It's always good to talk to you guys. But, you know, spirits have been up and down throughout this month. You know, happy Labor Day weekend, though. Yeah, well, there you go. Up and down might be the title of this podcast episode. It's all said and done, but we could talk about that later. Um, there's so much to get to. And so let's start with, with the New York Mets as we're talking about it. So to Andrew's point earlier, uh, as, as you guys know, I'm one of our beat reporters here at FUV for the Mets. I had to take about two weeks off for RA training here at Fordham. So uh, August 11th was my last day at the ballpark. And it all, fell, it all fell apart right after that. So you can either say that I'm a lucky charm or that Sam Davis is a bad luck charm. Uh, <laughs> you can talk about that uh, at, at a later date. But Andrew, I'll start with you here. It's It's been a... A rocky road, but you know now that the the grip of this August schedule is done for the Mets, it seems like they have an opportunity to put themselves back into things and, and perhaps still fight for at this point even the wild cards open. So we'll see. Yeah, for them, look at the end of that NL West stretch. It was rough. I mean, you you had everybody jumping off ship, and I was extremely frustrated. I mean, who's not extremely frustrated at 1 a.m. when you're losing games on the West Coast? It's just not a fun time. I I think we could all say that. And for this team, they came home. First of all, thank God for, for 7 p.m. starts again and back on the East Coast, which has been very, very nice. And along with those early start times, you get some, you know, teams that you can beat up on. And that's really what the Mets have been doing. Now, I don't think the Mets are a World Series contender. 
I mean, I think we could all say that, but they're good enough to beat up on bad teams. And for me, I, I felt like I knew that specifically. It was that first national series when they swept them before the uh, before they imploded on themselves in that West Coast trip. And they swept them. And I was like, this team is good enough to beat up on bad teams. Now, are they good enough to beat really good teams? Probably not. But you never know. Maybe DeGrom comes back. Maybe you can get everyone hot at the right time. But this team, to me, as constructed, is good enough to beat the lowly teams in the NL East. And that's what they've been playing. When you get 15 straight, I was like, if they go 12 and three, which to me isn't too far-fetched. And they got two losses right now. And they got four games remaining. So, you know, they're kind of right on that track, which would be huge. And then I was like, if they were within four games in Labor Day, you're happy. And that's what happened. So, um, you know, hopefully that they can keep this up. They obviously got a harder stretch coming up against the Yankees. And then also, I believe the Cardinals as well. So we'll see if they can, you know, keep this momentum going. But if you would have told me two weeks ago when we were eight and a half out that we'd be three and a half, I, I mean, I, I would have just, I don't know, speechless. And especially with all the, the everything that's gone on with the thumbs down and all that stuff. It's really crazy. Can we say that the thumbs down saved the Mets season? I mean, if not for <laughs> that um, that doubleheader loss against the Nationals that just happened, I believe, a day ago or two days ago, that's eight games, eight wins in a row for the Mets. The Mets are red hot right now. Spirits are much higher in the clubhouse. You got a, you got your middle dynamic middle infield duo back in Lindor and Baez. Baez has been red hot recently. Hit he went four for four the other day and another home run. He's he's bought a big a big personality to the clubhouse that they desperate desperately needed. I mean, earlier in the season, around midseason, Dylan, you said it once he took off, spirits died off. I mean, Dylan, you are the spirit throughout the Mets clubhouse. But now that they got Baez back, they got another big personality back in the clubhouse in Queens. And we, as spectators, you could see that it was very on and off, teetering, as, as Andrew said. They were teetering between 500, between injuries galore and the bat's not showing up, but then now you see bias ignites a spark in the clubhouse. And in the Mets, I don't, I'm not sure if they're for real, but they're only three and a half. Don't look now. They're only three and a half games back in the division. Don't look now. I, as a spectator, I do not believe that Philly is for real. I think Philly is about the most inconsistent team in baseball. I think we all know that Atlanta, Atlanta is a very talented team, but they just lost Ozzy Albies uh, for an extended period of time. And Albies is one of their biggest contributors. They've been very on and off. They're beatable. They're, they're starting to hit the ice cold stretch at the wrong time. Mets are starting to peak at the right time. Don't look now, but the Mets could be a playoff team. Come, come the end of September, they could be in the playoff race. Very much so. Very much so. I have opinions on the thumbs down situation that would probably make a lot of fans very, very mad. So I, it's probably for the best that I was not on the show the last couple of weeks uh, to talk about that with our friends, uh, Sam Davis and Ryan Gregware. But here's the thing about, about the Mets. And I feel like I've been saying this all season, but it's so easy to forget is that this was never supposed to be the year. It just wasn't. Um, now, when the National League East opens itself up uh, earlier in the year with the Braves are underperforming and the Nationals just, you know, they obviously clean house now, but, you know, that was surprising. And, you know, I've been saying all year we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't count out the Phillies. And they're still in this, and it still might be close near the end of things. But, you know, they've underperformed. And what was supposed to be the best division in baseball turned out to be the worst. So what happened with the Mets was a team that was this close to being the team they wanted to be found themselves prematurely there. And, and you can 
you can notice this multiple times through the history of the franchise. I would argue 2015 was an example of that too. And then everything kind of fell apart after that. But um, that's a topic for another day. With, um, with this team, it does feel like um, the pressure was on for this year. And unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. You know, as you mentioned, Andrew, <clears throat> if you were to tell any of us at the beginning of the season that the Mets would be three and a half out here on, on Labor Day or Memorial Day or, or Flag Day or whatever today, <laughs> you, you would have taken that instantly. Now, if you had told us that in early June, you'd be like, what? It's, it's, just, it's just a different situation. Um, and it's, it's something we're going to have to, <clears throat> to grapple with, is that we, the Mets fans thought they were getting what they wanted early. They thought Christmas was coming early. Um, and that just was, it just was never going to happen. Um, and I think uh, the sooner we can all accept that, the better. That being said, this is a team that might find its way into the playoffs. <clears throat> and if, if they can fix things around the right way and get the pitching back that they want in a five-game series, you know, they might, they might be a team that can contend. But that's the extent of it this year. And you got to accept that. So if you're the Mets, this is great experience for the next four years, if you will, while you still have this core of this is what it's going to look like. Be ready for it. Be as ready for it as you could possibly be. And I think that's the best way they can approach this next month. And if there's baseball beyond that. The thing I like about this Mets team right now is they're playing at, you know, kind of, I feel like the pressure now once they hit the stretch is kind of off. Once everything happened, it just feels like they were kind of playing with more, like once the whole thumbs down thing happened and once really the bias slide, you know, happened, it feels like this team's just playing a lot more loose. Yeah. And I think you see that with Conforto. I think you see it with McNeil, the guys that you thought were going to be in this core for a very long time. And then everyone in that, when they were losing, you know, 11 out of 13, it was like, get rid of everybody. Let's get rid of Dom. Let's get rid of McNeil. Let's get rid of, you know, the whole core, let's dismantle everything. Let's keep, let's get rid of everybody but Pete. And that's just, you know, they got like, since that stretch, it's been like, okay, they've been starting to at least hit a little better. You've seen Conforto with some clutch hits, get some RBIs. Same with McNeil getting on base to the same extent. And that to me is going to be, really the core is going to be the big thing because when this team was going good in May and June, they had all those injuries. Everyone thought this team was going to be, you know, as Dylan, you said, like the Christmas came early. Because yeah. they didn't have, they were 10 games over 500 and they didn't have Conforto. They didn't have McNeil. You know, they had other injuries. Um, and then it was, your pitching was just so overperforming. Obviously, DeGrom was so, so good. He gets hurt. And Taiwan Walker definitely regressed in the second half, which I think some people expected just because of his injury history and that he hasn't pitched a full season in quite some time. So to me, like th that stuff definitely just like the ebbs and flows of a baseball season. I think really with the Mets, it was mountains and valleys and you know, when you're looking at this team right now, again, if you get the right pieces back, if you get the, you know, they have the talent. I really do believe that you definitely have the talent on this team to, to get into the playoffs and who knows from there, um, you know, maybe win a series as Dylan, you said, like, to me, this team's not playing with the Dodgers. We saw them. They didn't play with the Dodgers. They didn't play with the Giants. So they're not going to do that. Now, can they maybe squeak out a five game series? Maybe, maybe not. But if they got to that point, that's a huge win. You know, everyone said this is going to be around an 85 win team, 80 to 90 win team. And that's what it seems like they're going to be. Rome wasn't built in one day. Steve Cohen wasn't going to come in here after what the Will Ponds, you know, the mess that they left and was going to fix everything in one year. And I know they've still had their fair share of, you know, LOL Mets moments. But, you know, if this, if this team ends with an 85, 83 win team, that's, that's not a bad thing. That's really, that's a, that's a step in the right direction. 
And like, I, I think I can count on one hand of how many times I've seen the Mets actually be over 500 in a season. So to be over 500 for me would be a win. For me, what I'm seeing with the Mets is you need to build a culture. As you said, Andrew, Rome wasn't built in the day. Steve, this is Steve Cohen's first year as the owner. There's a ton of mostly Wilpon holdovers from pretty much most of the roster at the front office. Same deal. You got a lot of holdovers from the last regime. You have to build a culture, build the correct regime, and then, then you roll. You can't be, you know, half balancing holdovers and new guys. It just doesn't work like that. So, I mean, what's related to basketball, I'm a Knicks fan. I see the Knicks, they had to have a whole new regime this past year, and they built a culture that pretty much set, us, set them up for a solid five to ten years, set them up in the right direction. That's the way the Mets should do it. Set a culture, build the right way, and then – let Uncle Stevie throw his money, throw it at the brink truck at guys, and then we'll see how everything goes. I think in three, four years, the Mets could be legitimate contenders. They have the pieces. They have building blocks like Pete Alonso, Jacob DeGrom. We'll see what guys like Stroman and Conforto, Lindor, if Baez gets resigned, we'll see what they do. But the Mets are trending in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. This is such an upgrade from the last regime. The spirits are much higher from what I've seen from Mets fans this year than in past years. I have never seen Mets fans this optimistic and excited throughout a whole season and so invested. Just got to be patient. You just have to be patient and have to build the right way. That way, everything's going to pan out the right way. I think the Mets are trending the right direction, though, no doubt about it. You know, Tyler, you mentioned uh, building culture and, and a certain amount of spirits, and I think that's just such a huge uh, part of this process. I would say specifically for this year, even in times as we could talk about as much talent as there was on this team at the end of the day, I don't think they were built from the start to win the national league East in a predictable year for this division, which this was obviously not. So what I think it comes down to is um, when, when, when the going got tough, the spirit remained with this Mets team and that's what set them apart. Um, You know, people talk about personalities not being a good thing. I think when you're trying to build a culture, it's the best thing you could possibly do. I think, I think Francisco Lindor, I know people talk about his struggles uh, uh, on the field and perhaps uh, off the field. I've heard, I I mean, I personally have beliefs that just that putting that much money into someone's life immediately is going to have bad psychological effects on them. But that's a, that's for a conversation for a different podcast. But what it, what it comes down to is his contribution on the field, it's not really something you can statistically show. It's not completely tangible. He has very clearly made a difference to this team, the way they're structured, the way the culture's built. And those things are important. And, and that spirit and that personality and that, and that perseverance and that will to want to get to the ballpark every day is what I think kept the Mets afloat um, during the replace Mets era. Uh, that's what set them apart for so long in the division. And, of course, that can only last for so long, and that's why we've seen what we've seen. And that's why the Braves are likely going to win this division uh, at, at this point. But what I think it comes down to is the, the structure of, of that culture. So I would say that is, that is how we view the Mets at the moment. And, you know, you look t- towards the rest of their week, they're going to finish up this game against the Nationals. It's 2-2 right now in the bottom of the fifth as we record this. They got a three-game series in Miami during the week. And then after that, they will come back home for the final edition of the 2021 Subway Series including what is bound to be a wonderful ceremony on Saturday night, September the 11th, to honor the 20th anniversary of the attacks and all the first responders. 
Um, so it's, it's an exciting week of baseball, obviously for the Mets. And, and of course, on the other end of that is the Yankees. And let's talk about them. They're also playing right now. Tyler, I'm going to go to you in a second and you're going to give us uh, the score. So pull that up right now for me. But, you know, to talk about this Yankees, ser- Yankees team right now, they just finished losing a series at home to the Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles have been their Achilles heel of some sorts in this year, which is just really strange. Perhaps it's what set the Rays and the Red Sox apart from them at this point. So the question is for the Yankees is, why does this keep happening? Well, for the Yankees, it's been tough sledding. You knew that, everybody knew that they were going to regress back to the mean after a 13-game win streak. That is not sustainable. But they fell. They fell hard on their times. They fell lost a series to the Los Angeles Angels, which could easily be won. And then there's no excuse to lose to the Baltimore Orioles. This is the worst or second worst team alongside Arizona in all of baseball. Spirits are down. And you lose a series, and they could have easily gotten swept. That first game, walk off, they look terrible. They, and then the second game, they get no hit through almost seven innings. Right now, they're down 2 nothing to the Tem- Toronto Blue Jays, which is frustrating. The only two hits they've given up all game are home runs. One to Marcus Simeon, who's one of the best, and one to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., two of the best power hitters in baseball. But And now, now an update, 3 nothing. Three nothing. The um the Blue Jays are up three nothing on the Yankees, but it's frustrating being a Yankees fan and a guy the guy who's watched every single Yankee game in the series. There's so many inconsistencies about the Yankees. You could say it was like the Mets earlier on with like a slightly bigger scale, like ups downs ups downs, just crazy. And then you got guys who are in the bullpen. Jonathan Loisaga, our most I'd say the most reliable bullpen arm on the Yankees, probably top three reliever in all of baseball. 100-mile-per-hour sinker stuff, unbelievable pitcher, goes down with a shoulder strain. You got easily winnable games with Corey Kluber pitching pretty decently. Had a couple struggles, a couple ebbs and flows against the Orioles, but the Yankees have a 7-4 lead against the Baltimore Orioles. There is no excuse. You pitch to a situation. You do not pitch to the inning. There, there is no reason why Andrew Heaney should have been in that game to close out that series against the Baltimore Orioles. He goes in, and I'm sure Andrew Heaney's a nice guy. Andrew Heaney, if you're listening to this, it's not personal. There is no reason he should be in that game to be throwing in a very crucial situation against two of the the meat of the order of the Baltimore Orioles, which I know the Orioles are not a great team, but they have talented guys like Cedric Mullins, one of the best players in baseball. You got guys like Trey Mancini. There is no reason that he should be in the game. It's just little stuff like that. It's little stuff that's... And losing series to the Orioles is simply unacceptable. There is no reason they should be losing to the Orioles. It's what separates the Yankees from a team like the, the Rays, who took care of business. They're 18 and 1 against the Baltimore Orioles this season. Yankees are, I believe, 8 and 7 or even 8 and 8. It's, it's just, it's very frustrating being able to watch that and seeing what other teams like the Rays can do. Yankees cannot take care of business right now. The arms are burnt out. Guys came back, back to regression. Jameson Tyone pitched well today, but he still gave up three runs. That's he hasn't been. He came down to earth, similar to what Tyone Ty Walker did on the Mets side of things. And guys like Montgomery getting no run support, and the only reliable pitcher right now is Garrett Cole. I mean, that's the only reliable arm, and it's just frustrating to see when the arms are well doing well. There's no run support when the the batters decide to show up the pitchers decide to you know not pitch well can't say other words gonna can't say some certain words on air but it's just frustrating being a Yankee fan and seeing the ebbs and flows of things 
And I hope it's just a little slump before it really matters, but it's been the story of the Yankee season, super inconsistent. And one week they'll look like the best team in baseball, and next week they'll look like the Baltimore Orioles. We don't, I don't know how to say it, but it's just very frustrating. And they're, if they lose today and the Red Sox win, they're in the second wild card spot. That means a game at Fenway. And the Yankees have not done well at Fenway this year. The Yankees are 10 and 6 against the Red Sox, I believe, but Fenway is an, a house of horrors for the Yankees. So trying to avoid that. So the Yankees better pick it up, better find that consistency that they did during that 13 game win streak and start playing like the team that we know that they can be. Yeah. I mean, like, this team is just so confusing. I mean, you look at their lineup, they have, you know, one of the best line. I mean, just names, just name wise, especially after the trade deadline, one of the best lineups in baseball, you look at the pitching, it's that, that's always with the Yankees kind of the, the question marks. And, you know, even when they pitch well, then like the hitters, as you said, Tyler, like that's just like this Yankees team. And that's why I don't think that this team is going to make a deep run in the playoffs just because I think you need consistent hitters in the playoffs. And I think in a certain point, yes, maybe they'll win the wild card game. But, you know, as you said, like that separates them, you know, like losses to the, to the Orioles separates them from the Rays. And you're going to see the Rays basically in that first round, if you win the wild card game. And right now they just look like the juggernaut that, you know, no, no AL East team could beat. And that for the Yankees. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you go back to that 13 game winning streak and maybe they can return to that and you can just get on that hot streak at the right time, but how long can they sustain it? I don't think they're going to go on another 13, just crazy streak. Like they had that, like for me, I thought the Yankees were just going to like, they were going to regress back to the mean, but not like, you know, go below the mean. Like I think that was kind of the biggest thing. Yeah. Like I didn't think they would nosedive after beating teams. You had, you know, you had in that streak, Braves who were a playoff team. You have the A's who were a playoff team. Boston who's a playoff team. Like you had a lot of play, like, and then also the the Sox as well, the White Sox. So you had all those playoff teams that they beat in that 13 game stretch. And then when you look at the stretch where they've, you know, stumbled angels and Orioles, it's like, you know, where did that come from? And that's, you know, obviously you also lost two games to the A's as well. So it's just like, you know, what, what is this team? It's, it's you, you think he would know on, on Labor Day, but you still don't. That's why I just think right now, yes, I think they'll make the playoffs. They'll be either first wild card, second wild card. But to me, there's no way they get past the race. And that's kind of what I think. Right. This is a Jekyll and Hyde team, basically. Oh, so much. Major Jekyll and Hyde team. Just yeah. so hot and cold. But what makes me a little bit optimistic about the team is that so many guys have underperformed. It sounds weird. So many guys have underperformed this year, mostly from the bats perspective. You got guys like DJ LeMay who just got paid big money, decides to forget how to lift the ball. Glaber Torres is hurt all year and forgets how to hit for power. Urshel has been very, he's been injured prone, hot and cold. Voigt injured. He, Voigt, like Voigt's been fantastic recently, but you know. Joey Gallo, one of our big deadline acquisitions. I'm not going to rag on Gallo because we know what he is. Come on. As Dennis Green, the noted Arizona Cardinals coach, Dennis Green said, we know they are who we think they are. Joey Gallo is Mr. Three True Outcomes, home run, strikeout, waltz. He's pretty much done what we expected, but Gallo's been more strikeouts than home runs and walks. He's been a fantastic fielder, but it's, it's just frustrating to see him. He goes up to the plate and it seems like he's only looking, he's looking to walk. He's not looking to inflict damage on the other team. Rizzo's been since he got back from COVID. He's starting to heat up a little bit, but he hasn't been what we expected. Guys like, I mean, Garrett, Gary hit two home runs against the Orioles. Gary, he's been great recently, but it's just very hot and cold. And I, I'm 
I'm hoping they have some positive, like guys like that, like DJ Glaber, have some positive regression towards the when it matters, when like they regress back to the mean the right way. I mean, they've been awful all year. And I think by the time playoffs come along, I think they'll get back to what they kind of are, like what you expect they are, like what you, you know that Glaber is a better hitter than what he is. You know, DJ is a better hitter than what he is. That's what my, that's my literal only hope right now. My, and it's just, it's frustrating being a fan, seeing guys underperform. And like, as I said, pitchers pitch well, hitters, you know, play poorly. Hitters hit well. We decide to put the wrong guys in. They put the wrong guys in and boom, blow a game. Boom, gone. It's, it's weird. But I think there's going to be some positive regression, as I said. And I think the Yankees will start to pick it up. And when I think when the bats and the pitcher, like the hitters and the pitchers start to click finally, I think the Yankees are the most dangerous team, arguably one of the most dangerous teams in baseball, probably the most dangerous team in the AL, but you know, it hasn't clicked all year. So that's a huge if. That's a massive if. (laughs) We will see. We'll see. I'm just hoping for some positive regression is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, uh, for one thing, Andrew, earlier you mispronounced uh, Glaber Day, but uh, (laughs) here's what it seems to be to me, you know, it's something we talked about earlier in this podcast, which already feels like a long time ago. Um, we talked about how for um, the Yankees counterparts in Queens, this was never supposed to be the year. For the Yankees, the year was two years ago. And it feels like, oh, they're, try- it feels like they're trying to make up for that. You know, obviously 2020 is, is, is 20, 2020 going to 2020, as the internet would like yeah. to say. But <laughs> what it comes down to here is, I think there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of things affecting this Yankee team. You know, obviously, we could talk about how streaky they've been, how hot and cold they've been. I think um, th- that amount of pressure to, like, th- this is the year to do it, um, is, is too much for any team to take. And I just think in the, in the current media landscape, it's just too much. And I think that really hurt the Yankees, and that's something we're going to have to evaluate <laughs> as the baseball media. But that's, a, that's, again, I'm bringing up a lot of things that uh, are conversations for – more, I guess, psychology podcasts, but we'll get back to baseball here. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure about this Yankee team, and I don't know if they are either. Um, yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they have the talent. They got the talent. Um, and, you know, what it is is just people figuring out their roles. You, you mentioned Joey Gallo earlier. You know, it, 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 is he going to get you an RBI single? Probably not. Um, but he's, he's giving you exactly what he's always offered. And that's just what you're going to have to accept as a fan and as a team and as a, as a management core. Um, but the thing about uh, th- this Yankee team not going deep into the playoffs, I, I, I really don't know. Because um, during that 13-game winning streak, um, you know, the pressure's been on for the Yankees all year, but it was on the most at that point. Uh, and you know what? For two weeks, they came through. They really did. So, you know, it, it all depends on how – it really all depends on how they end the season. Because I think at this point, they're going to squeeze in to the playoffs. I, 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 think, uh, I, I think they're at least going to get that second wild card spot. They might host that game with the Red Sox. And they better hope they do. But, you, you know, you look at the end of this uh, season, you got three against Boston, three against Toronto, three at home against Tampa Bay to finish the year. If, if, you, can, if you can gain some momentum there and then ride that into the playoffs – I don't know. This is a team that has proved that when they're on, they're on. It doesn't, you know, anything can happen in baseball. Like we saw the Nationals in 2019. Exactly. That's like baseball. So it's just like, it's it's crazy to predict. And, you know, our, our friend Emmanuel Barbari, who uh, shout out, he was uh, on the fan this week. That was so cool. Um, 
as as he's talked about a lot, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to justify dialing down a 162 game season to one game or even really in my mind five or seven games. It's 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 very right. difficult to do it. But that's the reality of things. And you know what? This Yankee team, as much as we didn't think they were going to be, might be perfectly built for that in the strangest of ways, in the absolute strangest of ways. So we have, we have, we have a couple of minutes here. We've talked a lot about the Yankees. we talked a lot about the Mets. There are a lot of teams still in contention for playoff spots all over the country. So I, I want you guys' thoughts on, for specifically the Yankees and Mets, if we're, if we're being completely objective, we don't live in New York. We live in like Tokyo or something. We're watching from the outside. Where did these two teams end up? Do, be very quick about this. Andrew and then Tyler. So for the Mets, I, I actually do think, like, I don't think the Annalise is any good. So I think the Mets will squeeze yeah. in, and I think they probably will get swept by the, the Brewers. And maybe yeah. maybe they go four games, but I think they're going to, like, they're not as good. But to me, the Annalise is just not good, and I think the Mets yeah. will do enough. I think they're the best roster. I think they're the best constructed. So I think they get in. And as I said about the Yankees, I think the wildcard game is so tough. You know, you're going to have Colin Sale most likely, which is just, I mean, for someone that doesn't, you know, has no interest, no rooting interest in the game, it's going to be an awesome game if that does end up being the case. Um, and watch baseball will be like a 9-8 game. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, I, I it, that could be either way. And I don't know who's going to win that game. It's really a toss-up. But I think whoever wins it is losing to the, to the race. And that, yeah. that's what I think is going to happen here. Uh, or, you know, whoever ends up, the, the seating may be, but I, I think they, they lose in the next round. Wild card is so crazy. You just throw it. I mean, it's literally, you know, it's, it's the biggest just question mark. You don't know. Um, like as you were saying, Dylan, 162 games down to one game, but that's just the re- reality of it. But I, I don't think they get farther than the ALDS. All right. So no rooting interest whatsoever. Um, I think that the Mets, I think the Mets come up a little short. But I think they win like 83 games, as Andrew said pre- pre- uh, like previously. I think they win 83 games around that. 83 games may be enough. 83 games. <laughs> 84, might, it, no, it really, might, it really might be enough. It really might be enough. But I think the Braves pick it up a little bit. They've been really bad recently. But I think they pick it up. I think the Braves win that division just by a little bit and get swept by the Brewers, who personally I think the Brewers might be the best team in baseball. But that's for later. That's for later. Um, Yankees, I believe yeah. – Wild card. They will make the playoffs. They will make the wild card. They will not catch up to Tampa. There's leave that out. I think that that's going to be a must watch. Obviously, must watch TV. Cole versus Sale. Yankees, Red Sox. I think the Yankees can squeak that one out. I think the Yankees are the deeper team, the better team. And Tampa, the Yankees have played Tampa well this year. Let's, that's one thing that if a Yankee fan is looking at it, they have a little optimism. Yankees have played Tampa much better than they have in the past years. And this is before everything started clicking. The Yankees haven't played Tampa in a little while. They like they haven't played them at full strength. The Yankees could beat Tampa, but you know, Tampa is the weirdest team. They're they are not like they aren't like crazy talented, yet they manage to win games because they are so well managed. They do analytics. They're smart. They're smarter than every other team in baseball, pretty much, besides maybe San Francisco, but they're like carbon copies of each other. And I think the Yankees could pull it out, but I think realistically Tampa wins in five. That's going to be tough for the Yankees. But I think both teams both teams are in good positions, but I think the Mets, sorry, they don't make the playoffs, and then the Yankees do make the playoffs and make it out, like make it out of the wild card and get beaten the ALDS. But that's all bias aside, no rooting interest, of course. 
Of, of course. Of the course. most unbiased reporter on, on the net. Of course, of course, as, as everyone claims to be. Right. And as, and as they must, I guess. But I think, I think fair calls for both of you. Um, I actually, I, I think the Braves might pull out the National League East, but I actually think the Mets might have a shot at that wildcard game. Really? Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think the, the, the team of question right now in the National League to me is the Cincinnati Reds, and I just don't know if they have the consistency to uh, pull out a good September. So we'll see right. about that. Um, Mets, Mets are only four games out of the wild card. I did not know yeah. that. I was surprised. I was yeah, shocked. No, I, mean, I mean, so like if you step away for a couple of weeks, like that wild card just became wide open. Right. I, so I, thought, I thought it was over. I thought it was like, okay, Cincinnati versus um San Diego, like one. Yeah. Like, like it, obviously it was, number one wild card is out of the reach. It's either San Francisco, whoever loses. Yeah. Whoever loses. San Francisco, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, so it's interesting. I think the Mets are going to have Insane. a shot at that. Uh, so what might end up happening is they uh, if they ever got in at the wild card, think of Degrom coming back for that game. Oh my God, I can only imagine. <laughs> Degrom versus Degrom versus like Bueller. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Must, must watch TV. In reality, though, I don't. I like I. I don't see them winning that game. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Um, it's it's too bad, but it's just you know that's that's the 2021 Mets for you. Uh, for the Yankees, I agree. I think they're going to host that wild card game. I really do. They'll they'll be playing the Red Sox, as you might imagine. And I think what that might come down to, you reminded me of this when you said Cole versus Sale. I think it's just going to be whoever, whatever team puts the most money on the field is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, will end up being the Yankees, um, oh, but, ever, but ever so slightly. Um, and then, yeah, and maybe they'll get a game or two out of the Rays, but it's going to look a lot like last year's American League Division Series did. It's just not going to turn out the way that they want to. But, you know, before we wrap things up here, uh, again, we talked about the Mets' upcoming schedule for the week. Yanks playing the Blue Jays right now in the first of four here on uh, Labor Day. They got three more against the Blue Jays all throughout the rest of this week, and then they'll get uh, three road games during the weekend, but they'll be able to sleep in their own beds. Uh, it'll be at City Field to play the Mets for the Subway Series, as we talked about earlier. That's the highlight of the week, as I'm sure you already know at this point, and we'll be talking so much about it next week. But this has been a, a genuinely lovely episode. I love doing the show, as I know my partners here do. They're Andrew Galata and Tyler Hu. My name is Dylan Balsamo. Go watch some baseball this week. We'll talk all about it next week on Nosebleeds. Take care. See you soon.